You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link, and I'm so glad you're joining us today. My special guest today is Russell Friedman. He's a co-author of the book, The Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss. So we'll be really interested in talking to Russell about the book, talking to him a little bit about his grief recovery methods and institute, so all about how we can get through those tough times that uh, we all go through if we're animal lovers. So we're going to be excited to talk to Russell and learn a little bit more about some of the uh, advice that he has. Uh, Before we do, have a special promotion. How would you like to receive a free copy of my audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail? Yes, the book Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail is now available on audiobook through Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. And by listening to this show, you have an opportunity to receive a free downloadable copy of the audiobook. Now, here's how it works. Sometime during the show, I'll ask a question about today's author and book. The first person to email me at tim at petliferadio.com with a correct answer will receive a free copy of my audiobook Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. So everybody listen closely, email me with the first correct answer to Tim at PetLifeRadio.com and you'll get a copy of that audiobook. It's great stuff. So we'll take a quick commercial break, come right back with Russell Friedman. Right after these messages, you're listening to Animal Rights Show on Pet Life Radio. Sit, stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. This is your host, Tim Link, and joining me now is author Russell Friedman. Russell, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tim. It's just an honor and privilege to be on with you. Oh, well, it's our honor and privilege. We're uh, glad to have you on. We love the work you're doing. I'm glad you're putting out a book like this. So tell us a little bit about the Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss. All right. It didn't start being written last week, last month, or last year. It actually started being written 35 years ago when John W. James, the founder of the Grief Recovery Institute, wrote the first version, self-published, of the original Grief Recovery Handbook. Not Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss, but the original Grief Recovery Handbook. And in it, the very first personal story that starts his painful odyssey in grief was the death of his dog, Peggy, when he was seven years old. When his dog died, and his dog was his heart, his life, his safe place. 
place, and I'm sure anyone listening to us can relate to that language, especially since John was growing up in what might benignly be called a dysfunctional household with wars going on everywhere, and the only safe entity was Peggy, his dog. And when she died, his parents said to him something that probably everybody in the audience is going to relate to. His parents said, don't feel bad, comma, on Saturday we'll get you a new dog. But the bottom line is John did feel bad. He was devastated. He was crushed. He was heartbroken. Pick a word, any word, you'll be right. And he didn't want a new dog. What he wanted, as every seven-year-old would, male or female, he wanted Peggy back. And even though at seven he knew he couldn't have her back, he didn't want another dog. He probably also instinctively sensed that he didn't want to get hurt again, and he didn't know how to deal with the hurt he was having, and he was being told not to feel that way. So the idea of connecting to another dog didn't appeal. Interestingly enough, the following Saturday, his parents did go out and get him a new dog. But if you ever meet John, ask him the name of that second dog, he'll say, I don't know, because he could not and would not attach to the new dog. He gave it to his younger brother because he knew he just wasn't prepared. I don't even want to say ready. He wasn't prepared to make an emotional connection with another being while his heart was still broken. And so this whole grief recovery handbook for pet loss started actually now that John's not a puppy himself over 60 years ago in Danville, Illinois, when Peggy died. And John was learning false ideas for dealing with grief. And everything in our book and everything you and I will talk about relates to the fact that almost all of us get incorrect information for dealing with our broken heart. Happened with John, don't feel bad, we'll get you another dog. It happens to everybody along the way. Absolutely. You know, and parents out there, obviously his parents was trying to help him get over uh, the loss of his dog, but uh, perhaps didn't understand the true connection and true heart connection he had with Peggy, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And, and let's, I want to be real clear. I'm not here to attack John's parents or mine or yours or our church or society or culture. People pass on misinformation because it's all they have. If they had better information, they would pass it. And it's called a multi-generational pass-through of misinformation. It just comes down from generation to generation. John's parents truly loved him. They just didn't know what else to say. In fact, when it happened, John was crying when, and his mother came down that morning when John discovered Peggy had died. And John's mother was a Midwesterner, stoic, okay? And she saw her son crying and she said to him, son, the leaves turn brown and fall to the ground and summer turns to winter. And John looks up through the veil of tears in his eyes, looking at his mother who has just given him a science lecture as a metaphor, which he doesn't understand. And so she was passing on all she knew about grief. She didn't have anything different or better to pass on to him. So when John got to be an adult and following the death of his father and the death of his younger brother and then the death of his son, and he had to piece together why he was struggling so hard with those losses, guess what it all traced back to? When Peggy died, don't feel bad. Tomorrow we'll get you a new dog. And on Saturday, they couldn't get a new grandpa. They couldn't get a new brother. He couldn't get a new father. So all that information about not feeling bad and replace the loss didn't work. And I want you to thank Tim and everyone listening that, you know, in our society, 50% divorce rate, which is based on people have their first romantic breakup, usually when they're a teenager. And what's the first thing they hear? Don't feel bad. There are plenty of fish in the sea, which is another way of saying replace the loss. 
But you cannot replace a relationship with a person or with an animal. Every relationship that has ever happened on planet Earth is unique. There are no exceptions. And with an entity like a dog or a cat or a horse or even a rat. I have pet rats, which you can read about in the book. And baby mama was a very special pet, very unique, you know. And she would dry your feet. She would lick your feet after a shower. And she would sit on your shoulder and groom your hair. She was very special. So I don't care what the nature of the animal is. When our hearts are dedicated to an animal and, and get that reciprocal kind of unconditional love, when they die, our hearts are broken in a billion pieces. Absolutely. It's the same. So then when we talk about putting together the first book, you know, the, the grief recovery method and the institute, et cetera, what was the epiphany? What, what came about when you guys sat down and said, hey, you know, we ought to collect this information and focus more on pet loss for this particular book? Well, you know, the truth is I've been here at the Grief Recovery Institute for 28 years, Tim, and, and often, I mean, really often, I'm here on a Saturday or Sunday writing, writing articles or working on a new book because we now have five-fold books out there. And on Saturday when the phone rings, it's one of two things. It's either my wife calling to say, honey, what time are you coming home? <laughs> you probably know that call. <laughs> or the other one that is a grieving pet owner. I don't know why, Tim, but Saturday and Sunday must get incredibly lonely and isolated for grieving pet owners who have family, they have friends, they have spouses, but they feel so incredibly misunderstood. And so they call here on a Saturday or Sunday trying to find someone who not only can listen to them, but can talk to them in a better way than their own people who are close to them. Because what they get is this. In fact, I'm sure you've scanned, if not read, read our book. And the opening page of the Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss goes, don't feel bad, it was only dot, 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 where it could be only dog or cat or horse or iguana, whatever your pet was. Now, it's a horribly dismissive line that makes the, isolates the grieving pet owner from everyone else because they're saying it was only. Now, that's being said, I know you're an animal lover and a lover of people who love animals, so you know how dismissive that language to say it was only a dog. I mean, when it represents someone's heart. Now, on that same first page of the book, there's a very powerful sentence. And I want everybody to listen. Put on your seatbelts, folks. The sentence says, can you imagine if after your mother died, someone said, don't feel bad. It was only a woman. I mean, doesn't that sound cruel? Well, imagine, and I don't think you, Tim, or most of your audience will have to imagine how painful it is to be told after your pet dies, don't feel bad. It was only a dog or cat, horse, you know, a parakeet or whatever. It's crippling and it makes grievers avoid others because they feel so misunderstood. Absolutely. You know, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's, you know, I guess it's sort of the method of what you've learned in the past. You're trying to give some comfort, but you're actually piling on with some discomfort, we'll say, because you're not really helping the situation out. Perfectly put. And, you know, here's a, a way of, that we would state something similar. I'll piggyback on that. Grief is the normal and natural human emotional reaction to loss of any kind. To be sad at a sad event is normal. Yet almost everything we were taught and learned growing up 
was not normal, not natural, and not helpful. By the time we're 15 years old in our society, we've received more than 23,000 inputs that suggest, A, we shouldn't feel bad when something bad happens, and B, if we do, we shouldn't share it with others. If you're going to cry, cry alone. Laugh when the whole world laughs with you, cry and you cry alone. If you're going to cry, Tim, go to your room. So everything mm-hmm. isolates us, and then on top of it, we're told we shouldn't be having feelings because it was only a dog. And it is crazy-making, and it is isolating. And, you know, isolation is a problem for all grievers in our society. I personally think it's even a bigger issue for grieving pet owners. Who, who there are so many people who don't appear to understand the dimension of emotional pain a, a grieving pet owner feels the heart connection they feel with their pet, which is something that almost goes outside the bounds of language. Uh, I suspect that you, like me, would have a hard time explaining exactly what it is, even to other people. It's like, what is it that's so unique in your broken heart when your pet died? And it's hard to language it because it is so personally emotional. It's not intellectual. It's not academic. It's a broken heart. And how do you talk about your broken heart? How do you find language for that? Absolutely. It's very deep and it's, it is very personal. You know, I, I noticed in the book also you talk about various stages of grieving. Maybe you can highlight just briefly on some of those stages or all the stages. And how does that compare or different if there is any comparison or difference between human grief, losing a, a human uh, family member, friend, etc., and losing a pet? Okay, let's start with the stages. What we actually do in our books and all our other literature is we actually debunk any idea of there being stages of grief. We don't agree that there are stages because what we were talking about earlier, every relationship is unique, therefore there can't be any stages that apply to all. Uh, Everyone has their own individual and unique reaction. There is a cliche that we actually agree with. Most cliches we fight. This one we agree. And that is that everyone grieves in their own way and at their own pace. We agree with that because of the uniqueness of relationships. Pace is something we would argue with because we have a method that's outlined in the book where people can take a series of actions to help themselves discover and complete what's emotionally unfinished for them when their pet dies. And we can help them do a process of actions to help themselves feel different and better, even though we can't bring someone who has died back. Now, to the second part of your question, is there a real and tangible difference between the process of grief? recovery or the grief recovery method as it relates to humans or relates to animals? And the answer, capital no, N-O, no. The actions that we need to take to get emotionally complete with a human who has died are the same actions we need to take with our pet who has died. The only real difference that happens is this. Our pets, we have this more unconditional relationship that doesn't have the kind of manipulations in it. As people, we manipulate each other. There are conditions in our love of various kinds without impugning our human relationships. But I want you to think of this. There's a funny line in the book, a chapter heading that says, your pet never said you were fat, ugly, or stupid. Now, it's a funny line, but it also captures something. And it captures why and how we have this magical 
special relationship with the pet because the pet accepts us as we are without any explanation or reason. And, and you know, sometimes you see something on the street that will take your heart. You'll see a homeless person and you'll see that homeless person with a dog or a dog and a cat. I even saw one in Santa Barbara. There's a famous one with a dog and a cat and a rat who all live together with the homeless guy. It's the funniest thing you ever saw. But the reality is when you see a really down and out homeless person with a dog, that dog looks at that owner with the same adoration as your dog looks at you, the same love. And you see these homeless people sharing their food with their dog and you go, oh my gosh, look at that bond. You know, we got to be careful that we think because we're so magical and healthy and smart that we have special relation with our dog. I'm telling you that dog creates a specialist, our cat and other, I'm not excluding any other animals, the bond that makes us feel good about ourselves is what they give us. It's a very, very special commodity. I even had it with my pet rats who are mentioned in the book. There's a, a unique quality, a connectedness that's different than we have with people. And again, the big key is we don't feel judged by our pets. You can come home after the worst day in your life and say to your dog or cat or horse, oh my gosh, I could have killed him. He was a jerk. And that pet's just going to lick your face, wag its tail and say, yeah, honey, and what's for dinner? <laughs> dinner is always an important thing. If there is any conditionality with the dog or cat or horse, it's what's for dinner. That's, you know, that's their tagline and bless their hearts. But the other thing I think, Tim, and I, I suspect and hope you'll agree, the nature of the relationship with the pet allows us to be as emotional and direct with our truth as we can ever be. We'd say things to the dog, cat, horse, parakeet that we may not say to our own spouse or our own children. And that's one of the reasons I personally believe that when it comes to the end of the line and the animal dies, that we are stricken at a level that knocks our socks off. I have thousands of people tell me that they were more affected by the death of their pet than death of their parent or their spouse or their child. Now, I don't think they really mean that, and I would never compare anyway and when they compare I just I dismiss the compare and say yeah I imagine you are heartbroken I'm not going to compare but what it is it shows the depth of feeling we have which then shows why there's such a need for this book one of the reasons we wrote this book and I really want you and, and your listeners to hear this our heart has been broken thousands of times by people who chose never to get a pet again because they didn't know how to get complete with their broken heart in the first place and they took themselves and a potential pet out of the incredible link, the human-animal link that is so bonding, and they took themselves out of ever doing it again because they didn't know how to deal with their prior hurt. The Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss is the antidote that will allow people to complete what was so they can then make an honorable and honest choice to have another pet, even knowing that age notwithstanding, that we're usually going to outlive our pets you know, depending on how old we are because of the lifespan difference. But I never want someone to say they're never going to have another pet because their heart is still broken from before. That's what this book is really about. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about the Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss here in just a moment. We're going to break away for a commercial. We'll continue our conversation with uh, Russell Friedman right after these messages. You're listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. 
beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, also known as the Pet Lady. I travel from coast to coast to pet trade shows and consumer events to scout out what the hottest, hippest, and most unique pet products are on the planet, bringing you tips and tricks from top veterinarians, groomers, trainers on how to safely travel and live happily with your pets. The Pet Lady will be in a city near you, showing off the latest and greatest tech pet gadgets, cozy comforts, and fab gift ideas for man's and woman's best friend. You can learn more at thepetlady.net or connect socially and tweet with me at Pet Lady World. My name is Brent Atwater. I'm considered the world's authority on animal afterlife, animal life after death, and pet reincarnation. And that's sort of a good thing because there are a lot of people out there who secretly want to know about this, who are in their hearts believe this, and who have questions. And one of the things we try to do is answer questions. Come on down and join us. I'm looking forward to answering your questions on Alive Again. Every week only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. Welcome back to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. It's your host, Tim Link. And we got another great promotion, or at least an announcement to make. So it's not a promotion, but it's an announcement. I think it's an important one because it has to deal with my new upcoming book. Yes, my book, uh, Talking with Dogs and Cats, Join the Conversation to Improve Behavior and Bond with Your Animals, is now available for pre-order on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. So everybody go take a look at Talking with Dogs and Cats by Tim Link. Uh, it's going to be great. The book will come out on the shelves in June, but you can get your uh, pre-order, get it early. There may be some discounts, too. We all like that. So everybody check it out. It's Talking with Dogs and Cats by Tim Link. Continue our conversation with uh, Russell Friedman about his latest book, The Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss. Now, Russell, tell us a little bit about the writing process of the book. Uh, How did you come about putting that all together, doing the research, putting the topics together so it flowed in the uh, wonderful nature it does? I'm going to answer that, but first I'm going to say as soon as we finish here today, I'm going to pre-order your book because (laughs) I'm really interested in your book. I am sold, and I hope Uh, everyone else is too because your topic is fabulous. It's different than ours, but fabulous, so I want to help you out too, and I'm going to go read it and love it. I know in advance I'll love it. Um, It's interesting. Your question about how this book came to be written. It's fascinating because in a way it writes itself. Remember I talked about being here in the office on a Saturday or Sunday, and if it wasn't my wife calling, it was a grieving pet owner. And in every one of those calls where I could give someone two things, give them hope that recovery was possible and give them a series or set of actions they could take to achieve it, that every one of the calls was successful. But what I had to fight off was something really interesting. A lot of these people wanted to recite a 
litany of all the horrible things that happen at the vet's office and the treatment and non-treatment and the costs and, the, and blah, 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 blah. All of those details have meaning and value, but they have limited meaning and value compared to the real issue is your relationship with the pet who died as opposed to your relationship with the vet or the cost or the vet tech or the friends and family who haven't known what to say. So my job is to drive people back to their heart, to their heart-to-heart relationship with the animal who died, not the ancillary things around it. As I'm sure you've heard, not only in the pet world, but in the human-on-human world, you've heard people will tell just a horrific story over and over of what happened, but don't have any ability to complete it, so they live in a loop of pain kind of like a hamster on a wheel, if you'll excuse that, going round and round. And our job in grief recovery is to help people get off that loop and move towards recovery so that they can have a life of meaning and value, even though their life is devastated by the loss, so they can remember their animal, their pet, the way they knew them in life, not only as they knew them in death, and to be able to have a life of meaning and value. And one of the key issues relates to something we've been teaching people for a long time in both the human side of this and the animal side. Quite often we get stuck on a very painful image and in the animal world where it's sadly highly possible that a dog or cat will get killed by a car or by coyotes if it's a small pet and all that kind of thing. Sometimes the imagery at the end of the animal's life is really grotesque, very hard to accommodate. And I've seen known people to get stuck on that image. And in both the Grief Recovery Handbook and the Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss, there is a little essay called Stuck on a Painful Image, which helps people get the needle out of the groove so they stop repeating the story over and over of the pain, which reignites the pain and gets them off of that into the relationship with the pet. And so it's a very important detail, especially with pet owners who are often stuck on a very, very hard image. And it is hard. And what happens is by helping someone go over their whole relationship with the pet, not just the ending, it gets them back to their full relationship, the good, the bad, and sometimes the ugly, because the endings sometimes are ugly. And, you know, it isn't just an accident. Sometimes cancers, as we know, are just devastating to the body of an animal or a human. And, and the images of that that we carry forward are very hard on our, our hearts and souls. And again, our job is to get people back to their essential relationship with the pet, not their relationship to the ending. And this is one of the traps. A lot of times people say it's good to talk about your grief. And we say, talking about grief makes you good at talking about grief. There's no recovery in that. So my job is always to move people towards the actions of recovery that will help them complete what's unfinished. And now, I know I keep saying that, so let me put a face on that. With all our relationships, especially with animals and, of course, with people, there are always things we wish had happened differently, better, or more. And there are always unrealized hopes, dreams, and expectations about the future. And even though we know most of our domesticated animals have a shorter lifespan than us, we never get enough. How do you ever get enough, Tim, of someone you love or something you love? You don't. So no matter what, we want more. And almost always, 
our relationships with our pets are exclusively good. We don't have the kind of thing like you have with an alcoholic parent or brother. You don't have the argumentative stuff. Although some, some dogs are kind of funky and will eat your shoes if you leave them alone. You know, they're all that. But that's, that's kind of fun and silly at some level. But the pet really is a harbor of good things, of fond memories, of getting you through rough times, of giving you someone to talk to who won't judge you. And so, you know, I know that's kind of repetitive here, but it's one of the keys to the amount of feeling people have. And, and everything we do is aimed at helping people complete those things so they can say goodbye to the physical being who's no longer alive and still maintain the powerful emotional and spiritual relationship we have as long as we're alive to that individual unique animal, okay? So we're preserving something valuable and then what we're kind of letting go of is the pain part that's associated with the physical ending. Okay. Does that make some sense, Tim? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's good advice. You know, it's very straightforward. It's very um, heartfelt to a degree, but it's basically gives you the steps that you need. You know, when you lose a pet, yes, you want kind shoulders, you want kind words, but more importantly, you want to be able to deal with it. You want to be able to figure it out. You want to be able to get through your grieving process, whatever that process is. And you're giving us some good steps and some good methods to be able to understand that better and to uh, help us recover. So I, yeah. great stuff. you know, thank you for that. And what I like best about our book, so and I don't mean to be braggadocio, but it's written a very kind of over the back fence method. Like if you and I were neighbors, and I'm just talking to you, and I happen to know something about this stuff, it's just it's not textbooky. It's very accessible. You know, the process or method is outlined. It's very chatty in a way that says, you know, it doesn't make a position of intellect because grief is a pure emotional reaction. So it really addresses the broken heart as the primary issue that we're dealing with and doesn't try to put it in the head or, or intellect and doesn't doesn't move it into the spiritual realm. We think the spiritual aspect of what we do is a result of doing the emotional work. We get a, a new spiritual basis, regardless of how you perceive your own spirituality. Absolutely. That makes sense. I like it. I like it a lot. And that's really good. It's an important book to have. Everybody want to pick up a copy of the book, The Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss. Uh, Russell, where can people find out more about the book, your events, and also find out a little bit more about the Grief Recovery Institute and Method? Absolutely. Our website is griefrecoverymethod.com. And there's all kinds of articles that we've written over the many years, hundreds of articles that will help and information about the book. Of course, the book is also on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com and is in many, many bookstores and libraries. So John and I, my partner, John James, the founder, we purchased and donated several thousand copies of the book to donate to libraries all over the country because we don't ever want people to say money kept them from recovery. We don't care about money. I mean, selling books is nice. It's good. And everybody should have one. And I think the hotel should put one in every every drawer at the hotel also. <laughs> but <laughs> to be humorous here, but not really. But every library should have one. So anybody with a need can get in there, see these actions and take them and never have to spend any money. Our job is to give people hope and recovery. Money is secondary to us. So and I want your listeners to hear that. And they can always contact us, go on the web website and send an email. I will get it. I will answer it. If you have any questions about anything they've heard you and me say, they can send me a direct email at rfriedman at griefrecoverymethod.com and I will answer it. 
you know, because if your heart's broken, I'm here to help you. Uh, that's very nice. I love it, Russell. That's great. Everybody uh, go to the website, uh, griefrecoverymethod.com. Check it out. Give uh, Pick up a copy of the book. And uh, that's big kudos to you guys and getting it into the libraries and helping people out. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we all deal with it. Us pet lovers, we uh, we definitely deal with it. And it's good advice and a good resource to go to uh, to help you through it. So uh, big kudos for the great job that uh, you and John put together on the book. Thanks, Tim. And I'm going on, and I want all your listeners to go out and get your book, too. They get a package <laughs> deal, get yours and mine. Maybe they get free shipping. <laughs> there you go. Hit them up. Hit them up. There, that's, uh, there that's, we that's, go. That's, I love it. I love it. Russell, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, everybody pick up a copy of the Grief Recovery Handbook for Pet Loss, Russell Friedman, and Cole James, John W. James. Great stuff. Very important stuff. Everybody pick up a copy of that. And Russell, thanks once again for coming on to uh, Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Thanks, Tim. Anytime. All righty. Well, we're uh, coming to the end of the show today. I uh, want to thank everybody for listening to Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. i uh, also like to thank our sponsors and producers for making the show possible. To find out more about me, Tim Link, and the other guests I've interviewed on the Animal Rights Show, you can visit PetLifeRadio.com and click on the Animal Rights icon, download the episodes, and listen to your heart's content. And while you're there, make sure you check out all the other wonderful hosts and shows on Pet Life Radio. That's PetLifeRadio.com. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, please email me. You can email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. I'll be glad to answer your questions, entertain your comments, and bring on the people you want to hear from most. Also, here's your chance to win a copy of my audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. During the episode, Russell Friedman talked a little bit about the founder, John James Dog, that passed away, his very first dog. First person to email me the correct answer, the dog's name, email me at Tim at PetLifeRadio.com. Give me the correct answer and you will receive a copy of my audiobook, Wagging Tails, Every Animal Has a Tail. So until next time, write a great story about the animals in your life. Share it in a blog, an article, or in a book. And who knows, you may be the next guest on Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have a great day. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.